Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the EPL Boys podcast for the first annual awards show brought to you by Matt's Current Depression because we are recording this mere hours after the Europa League final. We're going to get to that first, but on the docket for today. Did, did the penalties finally end? How many rounds? I don't know, are, man. How many rounds are we going? We are going. To, uh, some say they're still kicking to this day, but. We're going to be doing our team of the seasons, our manager of the season, player of the season, goal of the season, uh, Pepper Brooks MVP of the year, which I'm very happy that we're doing that because I actually forgot that we did that segment, but it's back, and disappointment of the year. But before we get into all of that, I alluded to it earlier. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Um, As I pour myself up some champagne. Um, yeah, um, guys, glasses in the air. We made it to the end of a wonderful, wonderful season for some people. Um, speaking for myself, someone who um, had um, a few alcoholic beverages throughout the day, pre-gaming, and then, of course, during the Europa League final where Manchester United lost kindly to break my heart. And, yeah, no, it's uh, I'm good. I'm good, fam. We're here. I'm glad to see you guys. I'm glad we're getting this done. I'm glad we made it through this wonderful, wonderful season. And I am so excited for the offseason, you know, Euros and the MLS and the National Women's Soccer League. I can't wait. But, guys, we're going to blink. The EPL is going to be right back. But, guys, I'm glad to be here. I'm overall happy. I'm a happy person. Happy, happy, happy. Yeah, just speaking into existence, manifested. Uh, I broke out I broke out the, uh, man, $10 barefoot bubbly for this. Wow, you spent, all the you, spent te- you spent 10 bucks? All the, no expenses spared for this for this celebrationary episode. But, J.D., I, 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 see, we don't have really anything to be depressed about, I guess. I can't really bring that up for you. No, nothing. You, How's it going? I guess we just talked two days ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm happy. Um, Dressed I, for the that, occasion, have to admit. You, yeah, you guys will see I'm on Instagram. A, yeah, I, I'm wearing a Nottingham Forest away jersey from a couple years ago, uh, and a jacket and tie. Um, I think it goes well for the occasion. Even though Nottingham Forest is not going into the Premier League or anything, I just felt like this was the jersey to wear. It's the first one I saw on the rack. So we are here in spirit. In <laughs> I am in very first. happy right now that Manchester United just lost a European final. Makes me happy on the inside. I bet handsomely on both FanDuel and DraftKings on Villarreal. That doesn't matter, though, because that was for uh, the, the 90 minutes. So my bet's lost, but I'm still happy. Oh, that's cringe. It doesn't carry over. It's because, no, because you're betting money line. You could bet just the overall outcome, but it'll yeah. have mm. lower odds. Oh, uh, like, okay. I, I probably... When I say I bet handsomely, I, bet, I put a total of $20 on Bill oh, Real. Wow. No win. expenses spared, hey, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, man, the episode. that is twice as much as you spent on your alcohol. I know, man. I uh, thought I was balling. Jeez. But I would have won, I think I would have won like 80 bucks. Okay, well, well, you did. Because I did pick the right outcome, but... Uh, Alas, yeah. you did not. Anyway, the outcome was 1-1 in full time, but I believe Villarreal won 10-9 on penalties. It was absolutely 11 to 10. 11 to 10. 
Jesus, that that was the most electric penalty shootout I've ever seen because no goalkeeper decided to save until Ruley decided to save David De Gea's shot. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, Matt, I your thoughts on everything real quick, um, the game, the overall feel of United going forward into the summer, just, you know, yeah. How's Again, how's it going, buddy? So, I mean... This is something I've been alluding to now for the past couple game weeks, which is United turned it off. United turned it off, and they were like, hey, we're preparing for a final, we're preparing for a final, X, Y, Z. Oh, yeah, we're not playing our most aggressive lineup. We're preparing for a final. But the problem is, with all that buildup, you kind of get yourself out of a little bit of a, like, you get yourself out of uh, your rhythm, I guess I would say, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of dip into a funk. United were going into this game into a funk, I mean, United's record going into this game was not well. Not well at all. So, for United to go into this game with a lot of their top performers not playing at the best of their abilities, overall, Villarreal got a, you know, they got a... The best way I can describe it as Villarreal played as Burnley. I'm not... Again, hang with me here, everyone. Villarreal got a free kick goal and then put all 10 guys behind the ball. That's all Villarreal did this entire game. The second they got this goal, they were content with it. Unai Emery masterclass because you know what? He absolutely frustrated this Manchester United lineup. Mr. Europa and, League, man. That's and what I'm he telling does. you and I'm telling you right now, the streak continues where uh Spanish teams absolutely own English teams in this competition. So, yeah, and and that's it. Honestly, uh, it, it came down to a couple individual errors where Victor Lindelof doesn't know how to defend a header, and David De Gea doesn't know how to come out and block a cross. So it really came down to that. And overall, it, it, it's it's such a disappointing end. Um, I feel bad for David De Gea, at least at the end. Um, you know, you really don't expect your goalkeeper to have to make penalties, and it, it's yeah. it's it's a shame. It really is a shame. You know, once you get to the goalkeepers, it's just like, honestly, at this point, you know... Whoever wins, congratulations. Whoever loses, it's just a tough pill to swallow. So, for David De Gea, it's a shame. What might be his final kick with the club, it's a really horrible way to go out. But all credit goes to Villarreal. I mean, they stuck to their game plan. And Manchester United had a bunch of stars who didn't show up to the occasion. Yep. That is really a great way to say it. Uh, we'll we'll save you the depression. It takes a swig of an alcoholic beverage. It's one of those nights. We also have the Champions League coming up over the weekend, previewing City versus Chelsea. Not really previewing it, but we'll just give you guys our picks for that because it's the first, this is the last you'll hear of us before that happens. So, JD, what is your pick for the Champions League final happening this weekend? Well, my heart is telling me Chelsea, just because I I would love to see City fuck it up again, but my brain is telling me Manchester City. I, there's just not, no, no way around it. Uh, Chelsea can be one of the best teams in the world on the, on any given day, which you know lends itself to the final. You know the aspect of the final. You know any team can just play their heart out and win a final, but Manchester City are just too good. It's it's a damn shame too because it, it would be hilarious if Pep just did not win Champions League again. But yeah, they're going to no question. Hmm, yeah, I'm going to agree with JD. I think City are going to win. I think probably 3-1, to one, I think handily. Chelsea, as well, at the end of the Premier League, they dropped off on form quite a bit. It took a Leicester bottle to stay up in the Champions League, so 
They it, it was very close. I'm picking City. They're by far the best team. They've been resting like crazy. Um, they're just they're just gonna win. I don't see the way that they lose. And if they do, Pep Guardiola probably leaves because there's a lot of managerial roller coasters happening right now. Pep might be the next uh, cog in the machine. So. Man, that would be crazy. But anyway, Matt, your pick for the Champions League final before we get into our awards show. I mean, overall, I, I look at it as, you know, how did I just describe the Manchester United versus Villa, Villarreal thing, which is United went in in absolute piss form, and it looked like that carried onto the field. Chelsea are coming off of a horrible 2-1 loss to uh, um, Aston Villa, and Man City took Everton out to the back of the shed and showed him the shovel. I mean, they old yellered them twice in the back of the skull. Who's on better yeah. form right now? Who do you think is going to be the end-all, be-all? And guys, I hate to say it's all down to goalkeeping. Keppa looks like he's going to start for Chelsea with Mendy's injury. I'm sorry, am I getting, like, uh, what, uh, Carius? You know, oh no, oh no, a bad goalie in, in, in crunch time. I think we're in trouble here, boys. I, I'm gonna yeah. go with I'm gonna go with City. I think I think it's the I, I think it's the overall. I think it's the better. It, it's they're the safe pick. They're absolutely the safe pick. Yeah, they are the better team on better form with a better manager. It's just three for three. You know, it's it's just it's it would just if sit man, I I do everything's gonna implode for City if they if they lose. I think. Cause it's, cause it's, it's not like they've never lost a final under Pep. They just haven't ever got to one, you know. But now they've gotten to one, so they sure as fuck can't lose it now. But anyway, enough of that. We have some awards to give out, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. We have a whole slate of awards to do like i said before team of the season manager of the season player of the season goal of the season pepper brooks mvp of the year and disappointment of the season what should we call that award disappointment of the season um, other than just disappointment of the season oh um oh that's uh we sh that's probably something we should have thought of before the podcast yeah ask the fans fans uh reply to us on instagram twitter let us know what you think the disappointment of the year award should be called just please just make it funny. Just don't be not funny. Just make it funny. You guys who's, are usually funny and very who, smart right. with your you know with, what? with your stuff. So I hate I hate to cut you off. Right now, who was the Oh my god, this is the um This is the fuck, what's the worst player in the Premier League? I hate to put that pressure on us, but who's the worst player in the Premier League? Uh it's a lot of contesters. Yeah. Keppa, I mean Uh who's the guy who, who's the Liverpool who's the guy Liverpool gave to Sheffield? Rian Brewster. This is the Rian Brewster Award. That's fair. It, no, no, no. He barely played. Rian Brewster Award. This is the Rian Brewster Award. <laughs> that is very unfair to him because he um, hardly played, and when he did, it was on a, it was on a substitute appearance when they were mm. already losing. What the fuck Jay's is he supposed him. to do? Jay's, Jay's back. I'm backing his, him. I'm backing him. Guy. He's a natural finisher. He just he, was not given the right zero, opportunities to Sheffield he was United. Zero, Jay, I'm not, you know, zero goals. Yeah. Zero goals. How about, goals no, he's the, he's the du 
He's the Donny Vandebeek. Zero goals, zero assists. Do- uh, yeah, he uh, played I, 23 games. I, he was I, shit. It's I, fine. I, oh, Donny has one goal. Whatever. I, I was about to say, I hate to break your heart, but Donny Vandebeek has <laughs> yeah. one goal this year. Anyway, we're not going to talk about Ryan Bruce, even though he was on my shortlist for disappointment of the year, on the shortlist for the award. Let's do our team of the seasons first. Let's get them out of the way. Let's do the rollouts. We're going to do position by position. All We're going to see if we agree or disagree, and then we'll just kind of have a, a podcast team of the season on whichever ones we agree with the most, and we'll put that up on Instagram as the EPL Boys' team of the season. So let's start in goal, where every good team is built around. I found this to be a very easy decision, one of the easier ones. I know Ederson, he kept the most clean sheets, but that doesn't mean you're the best goalkeeper. A guy that kept the third most clean sheets, but also had to make the third most saves, while Ederson had to make the second to last most amount of saves per game in the Premier League, Emiliano Martinez. This is cut and dry, in my opinion. I, I have Emiliano Martinez. He was incredible for Aston Villa. Kept them in so many games. I don't know how they managed the third most clean sheets, but they did. I have Emiliano Martinez in goal. Matt, who is your goalkeeper of the season? And you're gonna get no argument from me. There's no shocking. There's no shocking face in the crowd. Oh my God! How did they win? It is 100% Emiliano Martinez. 100%. Yes, it's exactly as you said. That goaltender from City. You know, he could have put up a park bench and started reading the newspaper in about 85% of their games this year. No yeah. one. No wonder he got that many clean sheets. Give it up to a guy who made some saves where you're thinking, like, I don't think Dean Henderson plus David De Gea make that save, even if they were both in the net. So this guy is absolutely the best keeper in the league, by far, country mile. And in my opinion, I know it's not a category, but we want to talk about best deal of the year. Has to be Emiliano Martinez. Absolutely. JD, your goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to round it all out with uh, Emiliano Martinez, very unsurprisingly, for everything both of you have just said. I do also just want to give a shout-out to Allison, you know, sixth goalkeeper in Premier League history to score a goal, first one with their, with his head, so he has to be in the conversation, but good thing, good thing, Emiliano Martinez, good, obviously. Good thing he made a goal off of his head, because it makes up for the excuse Klopp gave about his cold feet. Oof. Ooh, anyway. Okay, well. <laughs> we're going to go with center backs next. Center back pairing. We're just going to do both of them. JD, who are your center backs of the season? Very not interesting, but uh, it's going to be Ruben Diaz and John Stones. Mm. Where Ederson is, you know, one of the better keepers, but he hardly has anything to do. That's mostly down to the two of these players. Yeah. Ruben Diaz might be. I mean, he. He's in the he's in the running for my player of the season. Uh, he he's not my player of the season, but he was certainly Ooh. a contender. Preview, um, just yeah, give that little preview, little tidbit. But uh, John Stones as well. He's had a ridiculous season, which is crazy because I mean he wasn't even he wasn't even the starter coming into the season. I don't think I think Laporte without him being injured, he wasn't even going to play mm-hmm. much. I, and John Stones has been stupid. I, I mean, it's like it's like putting any center back with Virgil Van Dyke for Liverpool. You just yeah. automatically look amazing. And, and then he cu- he comes back with a couple goals, which he's never scores. But um, yeah, Diaz and Stones, easy easy choices. Mm, okay, Matt, your choices. I should disagree with JD on one of those. So I agree one hundred percent with one 
of JD's Ooh. two center backs. I agree 100%. Ruben Diaz is got to be the defender of the year if we're going to bring yeah. it back down like that. Talk about a guy on a bargain. $65 million from Benfica. Shout out Benfica, Screaming Eagles. Um, I had to say that my wife has a gun, a wife, my wife has a gun to my head. If I don't mention Benfica at least once per podcast, I'm basically asking for my death warrant. The next guy, his best performances this year were when he was not on the field because it showed his worth. And that is Harry Maguire. Yes. Harry Maguire led a majority. I you were going to say Virgil Van Dyke. No, uh, no, no. I was looking at like, no, really? No, uh, no. Um, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting to mention Virgil Van Dyke's name at the end of the award show when they like do the whole, like people who have passed away this year. Yeah. That's when I'm going to bring up Virgil Van Dyke. I'm going to be like, you know, quite pour one out for one's homie. Um, cause in JD's eyes, even though we right all, now. even though we all saw him on live TV the other day. JD does not believe that was Virgil Van Dyke. So I nope nope nope. Just, hologram, just a hologram. Anybody, the animated body of Virgil Van Dyke was taken out of its tomb. But real quick, I want to finish up Harry Maguire. He finished up number one in a lot of statistics when it came to the defensive part of the ball. And as we can see the failure at the end of this season and the failure in the Europa League final showed his worth. It showed that, hey, maybe he was worth around the $80 million that Manchester United paid for him. So overall, I think Harry Maguire paid, you know, he just, how great he is, just it, it, it exploded this year. And the fact that he didn't miss one minute up until his injury for the first year and almost two years with the club, that's very impressive to be playing every single minute, not just not just in the league, but in every competition. I, I got to give it to Harry Maguire. I think he's done enough to be considered at least the second best center back in this league. Yeah, I I I definitely 100% Diaz. I mean, he's been the best he's been the best center back in the entire Premier League this season. Um I went with another guy who whenever he missed was whenever he missed time was greatly missed by his team. And I think he has shown that he is one of the best center backs in the league now at the ripe age of 21. I went with Wesley Fofana, the Leicester center back. I think he has been so he's he's I think he's been Leicester's best center back when I've watched them play. His his pace is so 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 deadly. He's so fast at center back. He has like Joe Gomez pace. He's super quick. He's not afraid to make a tackle. And in the games that he has missed time due to injury, that's whenever Leicester have struggled the most at the back. Definitely in that Tottenham game, for instance, where he only played 21 minutes because he had a knock, they were absolutely shit. However, this was tough because there's been a lot of good center backs. John Stones and Harry Maguire, both on my short list. I think both Konza. of them have been absolutely incredible. Yeah, Kanz is another one. Kanz has been Kanz has been very good. There's been a lot of really good center backs in the Premier League. Um, so I, I, this was honestly a big toss-up for me. I just think Wesley Fofana is better than than Maguire right now. Um, and but dude, Stones, man. Stones has been so good. I think for the pod, just because of how well their defense has been, I think our pod choice should be John Stones. No. Are you okay with that? Yeah, no. For I, chemistry. Yeah. For chemistry. 
I, I have FIFA I, Ultimate Team chemistry. I have zero issues saying that John Stones would just edge out Harry Maguire. Yeah, I think it's very close between those three. Also, Kanza as well. Kanza's been very good. Even guys like Zuma and Rudiger have been really, really, really good towards the back end of Chelsea season. So we haven't even mentioned Nat Phillips. Like, come on. <laughs> Future Ballon d'Or winner. Okay, okay. The second the second Nat Phillips name comes on, that's when like you know the music where they rush you off the stage. Like, no, 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 I'm not done. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. He's dependable. He wins his headers. We're going to fullbacks. Logan, 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 play the music. Logan, play the music. We're going to fullbacks. Matt, give me your left back and right back of the season. Left back of the season. This is going to be an absolute easy one. It's Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw played off of his mind this year. And honestly, a huge part of his game was going forward. But this year, he massively stepped up on the defensive end as well. He was able to track back a lot better. He stayed in a lot better shape. And his link-up play with Marcus Rashford this year was probably one of the better one-two combinations on the wing going through the rest of the season. Luke Shaw, for me, this was easy. I didn't even have to think of anyone else. I really didn't. I understand that guys like Andy Robinson have played every single minute in the Premier League this year, but Andy Robinson had dips. Luke Shaw stayed consistent the entire season, and honestly, he was voted Manchester United's Player of the Year this year. Uh, This is an easy one for me, and this has nothing to do with my fandom. Luke Shaw not only should be on the team of the season, but will most likely be... Gareth Southgate's number one option going into the Euros. Mm, okay, and your right back? Uh, my right back, again, easy. I just felt like it was a little bit of a drop-off year for Trent um, with everything going on with the back line. So I really couldn't do, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And there were a couple other good ones that kind of floated to the surface. But at the end of the day, I, I hate to keep choosing City players, but Kyle Walker played out of his skin again. Like, he just, like, just, he is the perfect right back, both on pace, defensive aggressiveness, and the ability to push forward offensively. He is the complete right back, and honestly, I really can't give this to anyone else at the moment. Mm. Okay. JD, would you like to go, or would you want me to go? I'll let you choose. Um, no, I'll go, I'll go. Okay, okay. My left back is obviously Luke Shaw, but I will say it was not as easy as, as a decision as you, Matt. I heavily considered Aaron Cresswell. Yeah, me too. He I actually really liked Cresswell a lot. Disgusting season. Flew well under the radar. I mean, Let yeah, he had a ton of assists. Assist. He had eight assists. Six yeah, of those were from assist. set yeah. pieces, which all came from I think Suchek headers or like, or like uh someone else heading the ball. But still, that's still very you gotta impressive. You got to put the ball in. You got to put the ball in. You got to put the ball in. That's 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 where half of Trent's. <laughs> assists come from too i mean that's that's mm-hmm. the life of a fullback you know nope. taking free kicks but i yeah no luke shaw for sure just and most improved as well i mean but that's not even a an award but i would say most improved luke shaw but yeah best left yeah, back for sure i would agree right back um i went with La- vladimir kufau cresswell's mm-hmm. uh counter fullback uh, I thought he was fantastic. West Ham as a whole were fantastic, but a lot of that came from both uh, both fullbacks. And I thought I'd just throw that in there. I, I the right backs this season. You look like Trent. Trent didn't have a bad season. No, it was not just at all. the whole team kind of. Trent had a good season. Poorly. 
Like, yeah, but people were making it look like, oh, Trent, he should be on the Euro squad. Like, he I just, you had a terrible season. Like, he really did. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I, I'll I, talk about Trent. I, I, say, I feel like with Trent Alexander-Arnold, the one issue is is he's used to having a consistent center back pack, uh, center back backing next to him so the issue yeah. is is he wasn't able to go forward as much as he'd like to and he got caught out of position a few times because he knows he usually has one of the best center backs in the world to clean up some of his messes this year he did not have that option so the issue he had was he got caught out of position which kind of hurt him a little bit i'm still glad he made the provisional squad though for england yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping he goes to the euros i I think it would be a crime not to take him, but Southgate is dumb. But yeah, Vladimir Kufal for sure. I I really liked him all season. He was very consistent and just right. Yeah, I said it, like right backs this season were all kind of uh, there were a lot of good ones. Just I think Kufal kind of stood out. Like yeah, Kyle Walker was good. Jao Cancelo as well. He played both uh, both positions in yeah. fullback. He was fantastic. But yeah, Logan, let's hear yours. Yeah, Jogginsello played all over the place. He actually only made 11 appearances, technically starting at right back. So mm. that's uh, one of the reasons why I didn't choose Jogginsello. I chose I chose Luke Shaw at left back. Luke Shaw has been incredible. Um, his his uh, the I was looking up stats comparing him to like Andrew Robertson and Denier, um and Cresswell. The thing that impressed me a lot about Luke Shaw is he he easily completed the most amount of dribbles out of any of them. Like he's an he's a very 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 good dribbler. Um, with the ball and everything that he's done as well. He, again, I think Robertson, just like how you said, Matt, Robertson had, he's, he's had better peaks, but he's had some dips in, 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 in the way as well. And just Shaw really hasn't fallen off too much this season. It's been very impressive, but right back, I went with Trent Alexander Arnold. I have Trent as my right back because he easily created the most amount of chances per game. And had the most key passes out of any right back in the entire league. Seven assists, two goals, and his defensive numbers were way better than what they have been. And I just compared him to uh, Jao Cancelo. Trent Alexander-Arnold gets a lot of shit for getting dribbled past a lot. Um, compared to Jao Cancelo, Trent Alexander-Arnold gets dribbled past half as much. Jao Cancelo got dribbled past 48 times this season. Trent Alexander-Arnold, 24. The tackle success rate for Trent Alexander-Arnold against players trying to dribble past him, 58%. Jao Cancelo's, 46 So not only is Trent better at every single facet of passing the ball from that position, has helped modernize the right back position, but he's not nearly as bad of a defender as people give him credit for. Yes, he did have a dip, but the way that he ended the season, he was one of the five best players in the entire Premier League over the last two months. The way that he's helped, the way that he's helped Liverpool make top four is impeccable. Impeccable play from the right side. He can he can make any pass in the fucking book. His his passing range is the best in the Premier League, up there with guys like Kevin De Bruyne. He can make every pass. It's just unreal. But I mean, you also look at Kufal. I I thought about Kufal, man. That's a that's a hell of a shout. I totally forgot about Kyle Walker. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Oh, that was I, me. Oh, sorry. I was Kufal. Sorry, JD. Sorry, JD. JD? Matt, Matt was, Matt was yeah, Kyle Walker. Matt was Kyle Walker. I totally forgot about Kyle Walker. I honestly... He only made 24 appearances, but to be fair, a lot of City players made a ton of rotations. So, um, we have to come to an agreement of who we want 
as our ride back for our team of the season. So there's... I'll agree with Trent. I agree with Trent. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you for making the sacrifice right. there, J.D. Trent Alexander <laughs> is our ride back it's... of the season. Nice. His jersey's only, you know, right behind me. Hey, but... man. Numbers don't uh, lie, bro. Uh, all right, hold up... I, I feel like I'm being outnumbered here. I think, yeah, because I think you are. <laughs> Are you That's, okay with Trent, Matt? Are you okay with Trent? Uh, you know what? I don't... Here's the thing. I understand Trent's value going forward. And like I said, I made some compliments about Trent where in a year where he... If he actually had center backs to help to like help him with defense, I feel like his year would have been even better. I, I Maybe I would say because it's a weaker year for the right back. Maybe. Because there's mm-hmm. no clear standout. Yeah. That is 100% why I picked Trent. Because... There was a big dip in right backs, in my opinion. So, I mean, here's the thing. I don't hate the Trent Alexander Arnold pick. So, uh, again, I'm I'm not gonna be Hell one. Yeah. To, I'm not gonna be one to sit here and argue. I'll save my arguments for later because I already know later we're probably gonna be at each other's throats with some of these other picks. Hell yeah! Next midfield. Let's just crack the whole midfield out. Um, I kind of went with the four three three. I'll give I'll give my midfield. I went with a 4-3-3, three, three, three midfielders. I had two probable... I had one 10 for sure, one kind of 8, and one 6. My CDM, because I, I felt bad not picking Cresswell, because I really wanted to. <coughs> Excuse me. So I picked Thomas Suchek as my central defensive midfielder of the season. 10 goals, 2 assists, was the rock at that DM spot. And I'm going to go out on a limb, have a hot take. I think Suchek is a better player than Declan Rice. I think he's better than Declan Rice. I think he just just a little bit, just a little bit. He edges him mainly because of his ability on offense and the way that he's able to get get his big ass potato salad head on the corners. He's so dangerous from set pieces because he's fucking huge. Suchek was unreal. I I it was between him and Gundogan for me, but Gundogan had a crazy middle of the season. Barely even played the first third of the season. And the last third's been rotated a lot and has missed out on form. And we all tout Gundogan's goal scoring. He only scored two more goals than Suchek. Like Suchek had 10 goals from pretty much a deep-lying six. Whereas Gundogan's an eight playing forward more often than not. So I think Suchek was outstanding. He was a baller. And he was only, I think, I think he was less than 20 mil. So he's up there uh, signing of the season. I also had... Kevin De Bruyne, I feel like that, again, it's an easy pick for me. Kevin De Bruyne's arguably the best player in the Premier League. And another easy one, I pick Bruno Fernandes. Easy pick. He's been argu- he's arguably, again, another top five player in the Premier League. So, that was easy for me. JD, who is your midfield of the season? M-O-T-S. Mots. Um, so, yeah, I'll just get it out of the way first. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes, whatever. Um, numbers, whatever, <laughs> even, with the, even with the penalties. You can't argue with it. I whether you know half his goals are from penalties, whatever, and he's a hopscotch twat. We can move on. Bruno, first midfield spot. Then I'm a little more upbeat now that I'm past that. But Kevin De Bruyne, obviously, he's just he's one of the best midfielders in the world, and he proved that this season. He had a healthy season. It, it, it's just hard to look past his absolute greatness. Yeah. And then this is the more co- well. I don't know if this is controversial. I I think that there's a huge argument for this one. Mason Mount. Mm, yeah. Because of his absolute importance to Chelsea. When you look at Chelsea's team, they brought in Kai Havertz. They already have Conte. They have Mateo Kovacic. Mason Mount 
was by far, I think by far Chelsea's best player this season. I, I he was I unbelievable. He is untouchable on the dribble, sweet, sweet. and he can shoot from range or dribble past people and 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 get into the box. It's insane. He's going to be so good for England at the Euros. So I I think that's that's a little controversial because you could you could put a lot of other players in there. Like I like the Suchek the Suchek really shout. I like the Gundogan shout, but I like your argument for that. I, yeah, I, Mason Mount for me though. He he is unbelievable. Yeah, Mason Mount was on my shortlist, 100%. That's, that's a good pick. Matt, your midfield. Well, of course, I'm going to agree with both of you when it comes to KDB and Bruno. That is in probably the easiest decision we're all going to have all night. Um, eh. You think? Oh, uh, we have a, oh yeah, we have a striker to talk about that I don't even think we need to pass yeah, we over. Do. Yeah, okay, 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 proven wrong, proven wrong. You guys made great picks, and I agree with both of you. Suchek and Mount are great. I went with, because I looked at KDB. I guess when I built this team, I looked at it as I could take this team, put them on the field, and they could actually play as a unit. So I needed a destroyer. I needed someone who was going to be an outright CDM and just an absolute killer. He led He led the league in tackles. You heard. Damn it. You heard you heard Logan say it. It's well. It's Wilfred Ndidi. This guy led the. Fuck! I have such a hard time arguing against Ndidi. He's that, one of my favorite players. And, He's so good. And honestly, this guy stays quiet. He's a lot of people so don't realize. Good. And honestly, when I was looking through the things, Mason Mount, yes, a great shout. But I'm looking at it from the offensive point of view. He doesn't edge out Bruno and doesn't edge out KDB. Suchek is good, but he's not a destroyer like Wilfred and Didi. And then I think to myself, like, N'Golo Conte. N'Golo Conte had a lot of ups and downs this year. Wilfred and Didi stayed consistent the entire season. So I think on consistency and just outright numbers. I hate to go to the numbers, but even forget the numbers. I like the numbers, but forget the numbers. You watch this guy play. He is the best player on the field for Leicester, in my opinion. Because he just abs- he's a killer. I love using the term he's killer. killer. He's an absolute destroyer. And I hate when people are like, oh, they need to go get, like, people need to go get Conte, and people need to go get Suchek, and people need to go get Declan Rice. Oh my god, I would, fr- I would need new pants if Manchester United went out and got Wilfred Ndidi. I would need new pants, and I would need a bucket. And because sometimes we like to say PG-13, I'm not going to explain why. Why would you need a bucket? Yeah. Yeah, what? My only argument against Ndidi is he missed 12 games this season due to injury, and Suchek played all 38 games. He, I think him and Robbo were one of the two few players to start every single Premier League game. Like, um, that's we're also, it's hard. We're yeah. also forgetting about Yuri. If we're going Leicester City, Yuri Thielmans had a fantastic yeah. no, season. That's That's an honorable mention right there. Yeah, Yuri's yeah. definitely an honorable mention. I had Mount on my shortlist, Gundogan, of course, on my shortlist, and Didi. I really hope no one picked him because I have such a hard time arguing against the motherfucker because I think he is exceptional. Um, but, I, I mean, obviously we all agree on Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes. Like, that's, that's an easy one. We just have to figure out who we're all going to go with at CDM or at the other midfield spot. Because, wow. J- J.D., your midfield's attacking as fuck. Your well, yeah, yeah, I'm all out of attack. <laughs> It, it, yeah. JD, is, I almost, JD is all out I, of tag. I almost did the Argentina FIFA setup from like a couple years mm-hmm. ago where it's like a it's like a three five 
two I, or whatever. I can yeah. I, I can see why JD loves leads. We're all about offense. No defense over here, please. Yeah. So okay. Hey, so man. We, we have to come to an agreement. I'm I'm gonna hard dis, I, I'm gonna hard disagree. <laughs> I'm gonna hard disagree on Mason Mount because I just feel like Suchek and Ndidi have been a little bit better. So. I th- I think we should agree between Ndidi and Suchek. JD, you're the only one that didn't have Ndidi and Suchek, so you can be... I thought you, about them. I you can be the final vote. How about that? You can be the final vote. Ndidi or Suchek. I'm hungry for some potato salad. Let's go, Thomas Suchek. Honestly, you can have any three of those guys in, in your midfield or, or Gundogan, and that would be a phenomenal midfield. This Again, there are some very hard choices to make this season. But we're getting up to the front three. Uh, where there is considerably less choices or less hard choices to make, I'll start. Um, I, I I have Harry Kane at striker. That was a given. I led the league in goals and assists. I believe the first player to ever do that. Don't quote me on that. I also have Mohamed Salah at the right wing. Again, impossible to argue that. And even though he had a dip in the last couple of weeks, or honestly, really the last month or two, I really haven't heard too much about Hyungman's son. I'm going to pick Hyungman's son left, at, at left wing. Because, honestly, this has been a down year for other left wings in the Premier League as well. Raheem Sterling's been MIA quite a bit. So has Sadio Mane. Both of them have had very down seasons. And Hyungman's son, he had a crazy start, good middle. End of the season was a little kind of shit, but... Tottenham's end of the season was a little shit. Still finished with 17 goals and 10 assists. That's still an exceptional return for a guy playing for a team in utter chaos right now. So that has to be my front three. I I I I, I struggle to find anyone close. I do have Patrick Bamford as my on on my honorable mentions list because he had 17 goals and seven assists. But I'm going to talk about Bamford more later um, because I have a hilarious comparison with Bamford. Anyway. JD, speaking of Bamford and Leeds, who's your front three of the season? Uh, Joel Linton, William, and Daniel James. <laughs> All right. Matt, your front three of no, the season. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. It, it, Obviously it, it, not wait, hold, hold, hold on. Wait, JD, one more time. Who was that? Joel Linton. Who was it? Uh, Joel Linton, William, William, and uh, Daniel James. No. Right. Um, hey, actually, Logan, striker, Logan, Lo- Logan, I, Logan, I hate to interrupt you, but I had those exact same picks. So, so we oh, can, wow, so we can, anyway. we can, we can just move oh, on. Oh shit! Here. I guess that's what we're going with. Imagine that fucking team in real life, like our back, our back five <laughs> midfield and that front three. Jesus Christ! Anyway, all, is it all? <laughs> no, wait, um, that yeah, would, so wouldn't, obviously... that, wouldn't that be considered all breaks, no gas? Yeah, <laughs> that would be all. <laughs> Oh that would be God. all breaks now, guys. I'm taking my blazer <laughs> off. I'm hot as fuck. Um, yeah, Jamie, no. tell us. Obviously, Jeez. obviously, striker is Harry Kane. No doubts about it. Can't get past it. Yeah, Patrick Bamford had a fantastic season. Not nearly as good as Harry Kane's. I, yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's unfortunate to Tottenham supporters that he most likely will not be there next season. But he was the best player for you guys, and he was one of the best players, if not the best player this season in the Premier League. Um, for the wingers, Mohamed Salah, purely based on numbers and importance to the team. I just, it's really hard to argue. I, like, bias aside, yes, I love Salah. If you, any team offered a, a Liverpool 120 mil for him, I'd say go for it because we need the money to, uh, you know, structure some other parts of the team. But Salah definitely was one of the best wingers this season. And then Phil Foden. You got to understand, 
This kid is 20 years old, and he is putting up the numbers when given the opportunity. I I just, I, I'm throwing it out there. Phil Foden. Okay. And there's so much more to come from him. He All is right. unbelievable. He is so lethal on the ball. His dribbling, his shooting, his just attack awareness, his, his attack positioning, his, his awareness is just unbelievable at such a young age. And given the, I mean, this season he was given a lot more opportunities, but even last season, just given the limited opportunities, you could you could tell how good he was, and and it, it really showed this season. That's why he's in this eleven for me. Okay, second best number forty-seven in the league because Nat Phillips wears forty-seven. Of course, of course. Anyway, what what a what what a number, like that <laughs> that right there alone. What a statistic, like. If you right yes, now, sir, without bringing up either one of their names, if someone bet me $10 right now, hey, you think there's more than one number 47 in the Premier League? I would honestly look at you and go, dude, there's probably not even one 47 in the league. That's easy money. <laughs> one Fuck starting, me. one other starting number 47. <laughs> right, well, anyway, All right. Matt, are you going to pick Phil Foden at left wing? So I'm going to go through the list. Duh, Harry Kane. Duh. Yeah, duh. Duh. You don't you do not lead in goals and in assist, and in assists and not make the team of the year. Duh. Mohamed duh. Salah. Yeah. Mohamed Salah. Duh. You name me another right winger in the league period. Like that just just name <laughs> Name me another right winger. Gareth Bale. Okay, name a right winger who starts and doesn't make $500,000 mm. a week. Okay, that's oh, oof. Uh, yeah. that's a rough one. Tough call. 100% Mohamed Salah, Harry Kane. Those guys have been absolutely phenomenal going back and forth all year. They were the two reasons their they were the reasons their two teams got to where they were and finished where they did. It's a shame Harry Kane didn't have some help around him. Speaking of help, I also too have Young Ming Sun on my team. And the yeah. re- and, and the reason why is at one point for three I'm not fourths of against it. Yeah. For about three fourths of this season, Hyung Ming Sung, Harry Kane, that was a lethal combination. Like those two, when one wasn't going off, the other one was going off, and vice versa. And again, this just feels like a very weak year. We've talked about it. Raheem Sterling went invisible this year. Marcus Rashford, mm-hmm. too busy feeding the kids. Like yeah. it's just it's one of those things. My name. Invisible. Yeah, yeah, it just again, it's it was just a tough year for a lot of people. The whole no fans, tough transition, congested schedule. It was gonna happen. These are the standouts. But JD, what an honorable fucking mention for Phil Foden because I yeah. didn't even think of Phil Foden when putting this team together. But you're right. This guy's best games have been out when he's been pushing out to the wing. So. Uh, yeah. Maybe not this. Yeah. He's the reason. He's, play, he's, he's played the false nine. He's yeah. the reason he can play Sterling's the nine, been but... missing those games because he's been playing Sterling out of a job. And, it's crazy. And I'm telling you right now, JD makes a very good point. This year, yeah, he's not going to make our best 11. But I'm telling you right now, forget about best 11 next year. We might be talking about Phil Foden being the player of the year next year. Yeah. And fun fact, as I just learned from football, this episode comes out on his 21st birthday. Oh, my God. Which I'm, is, I'm so fucking old. Yeah, also, yeah, he's 20 fucking one. Wild. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, So, yeah, that's going to be our team of the season, uh, the the pod team of the season, Emiliano Martinez, Diaz, and Stones. 
Luke Shaw, Trent Alexander-Arnold somehow. I'm so glad we got Trent in there. Uh, Suchek, KDB, <laughs> Bruno, Kane, Salah, and Youngman son. That's a stupid good team. Um, did you guys do a bench? I, I did I did a half of a bench and then forgot to do the rest of it. Um, so I have Ederson, Bamford, Gundogan, Mount, and then no more. Right. Honorable mentions? Well, if you're going to honorable mention the bench, you need to talk about Donny Vanderbeek because no yeah, one uh, yeah. ha- played Honestly, better on the bench <laughs> than Donny Vanderbeek. Deli Alley. Deli Alley got pussy from the bench. Aww. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wait, there hold you on. Go. Gareth, it, Gareth, right Gareth Bale, beginning of the season, putting the mask over his eyes. With the umbrella. He still finished. He's finished with 11 goals. He somehow met, finished with Tottenham's third high score, just, which is, I mean, like he should have been. But yeah, honorable mentions as, <laughs> as well, like Harry Maguire and Wesley Fafana, who we didn't have as their team. Obviously, those guys are honorable mentions. Cresswell is another honorable mention. Mason Mount, very big honorable mention. Um, Tio who would, who would, yeah, who, would who in your opinion, guys, would be Ooh, Alan the, second, the second best striker? Yes. Alan say maximum, but who would be the second best striker in the league in your opinion? Are we are we all kind statistically, of statistically Patrick? Bamford. Yeah, I was gonna say we're thinking Patrick Bamford, right? Statistically, he was. He had seventeen goals yeah. and seven assists. He was he was yeah. the second most prolific striker in the entire Premier League in terms yeah, of goals. Yeah, I would and say, I would say Patrick Bamford, which the legend. I, I don't like to just judge goals and assists, but whenever you are a striker, that is your number one job is to get For, goals and to contribute but, to the score sheet. Saying, which is why I like to use. I just like to use the bare bones metrics when it yeah. comes to strikers. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, and nothing against the striker Personally. position. Yeah, nothing against the striker position in years past. Dude, a couple years ago, your striker didn't even need to do assists. Your striker literally had to no. one touch, put ball in net. That is your job. Now the striker position's evolved, but yeah, I 100% get it. For a striker, your job is all stats. If that ball is not going in the net, you're a flop and a fraud. That's it. So... I think Patrick Bamford. Oh, we'll I, talk about. I, we will talk about flops and frauds later when we get the biggest disappointment. But we still have some more awards to give out, guys. Let's not just get our dicks with over team of the season. Let's go with manager of the year. Does anybody disagree with with David Moyes? Yes or no? I disagree. I do. Really? Hater. Okay, Matt. Who do you disagree with? Now, both of you. Once again. I've, uh, this was on the last episode, Ooh, No guys. fucking way are you about to say what I'm about to say. No Guys, way. everyone relax. He's my number no, two. No, no way. No, everyone relax. JD, shut e- up. Everyone, Jesus. Everyone relax. Everyone relax. Calm down. Cool. Is everyone cool? Okay. Okay. Everyone cool? Everyone in the crowd? Oh, yes. By the way, thank you, everyone, for showing up to the live event. I greatly appreciate you all. Um, thank Big you so much. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are the real winners here tonight. Let's be honest. Guys... With everything that happened this year, everything that happened this year, no fans, family tragedies, consistent injuries, and yet somehow he got the bare bones of a fractured soccer club into a comfortable Champions League spot. Guys, Jurgen Klopp is my manager of the season for everything he had to do to still get Liverpool into a Champions League position. Because, guys, I'm going to be honest here. A month ago, the entire world wrote them off. And you know what? It's his strategies, and it was his coaching suggestions that got them over the line. He took... Guys, anyone who can take two central defensive midfielders and convert them to center back, hand him the award. 
You ain't got no arguments for me, champ. I'm good with that. JD, your thoughts? You know, um, it's crazy. Matt, I'm, you made I'm, some I'm, good points. Th- this is why this is why it was a good idea to bring Matt on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just showing right here. But who would have thought? I, I'm gonna agree with David Moyes, just because it's fucking David Moyes and what yeah. he did at West Ham. But Marcelo Bielsa, come on, okay. you gotta give him credit. Music, Jay, best man Lo- in the world. Logan played the music. You have to give him credit. Are you kidding, David Moyes? No, you cannot David just Moyes discount how well I, he I, did it. He's he, no, 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 no. David Moyes is my manager of the season. There you, you go. You give him an A plus, Matt, in our season roundup. Don't I, act. Don't don't, no. don't flip the script. Script script now and, and start hating on leads. No, again. I'm not. Ha- nice. I'm not hating on leads. Not at all. I, I here's the thing. If we had to take the five best managers right now, I think he's on the list for five best managers. Uh, because I don't count Chelsea because you can't take two managers in one season. Sorry. That's twenty five percent of the league. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, he's in the top twenty five percent. Congratulations. <laughs> There you go. Hey, right. that's about as good as Matt's going to be to all be also. But anyway, we're going to go with David Moyes as our manager of the year. Great honorable mention for Jurgen Klopp, though. But with West Ham's ambitions being not to be relegated, and they're playing in the Europa League, that's a hell of a turnaround. So I think I think all all David is is uh, is definitely the shout. Man, we've been really nice to West Ham this episode. Really. We we we've said a lot of nice things about West Ham. Also, I've drank about half a bottle of champagne in the uh, in, oh. in the recording so far. So yeah, this is gonna be fun. Next, PFA Player of the Year. Uh, it's it's not the PF. It's uh, EPLB Player of the Year. EPL boys. If you don't say Harry Kane, I'm gonna drive to your house and smack you in the face. I don't care. It's Harry Kane. Fuck you. It's Harry Kane. You don't get the most amount of goals and the most amount of assists and not win it. If it wasn't for Harry Kane, they would be in 11th place right now. All right? <laughs> they genuinely would. They would be beneath Aston Villa. They only finished like six points ahead of them. Listen, also, I, 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 in, 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 my, in, in terms of my rankings, I had Kane first. I had Bruno Fernandez second. I think Bruno has been absolutely phenomenal. I think Ooh. without Bruno, Manchester United suck a lot without Bruno. I think Bruno's a top five player in the entire league. Bruno is exceptional. And I had third. I had Mohamed Salah. I did not have Ruben Diaz. I think what Ruben Diaz has done, he's doing on a city defense that is worth more than half of the league's franchises. You shouldn't get plaudits for being worth 65 million pounds, in my opinion, and coming in and and improving the team by four points. Four points from last year to this year. Like, he's been very good. But just because he's been the best player which arguably has been the best player for them, on the best team, you, in my opinion, you shouldn't win PFA Player of the Year. Harry Kane's influence is so massive for Tottenham, in my opinion. And that's what I judge this off of. I judge this off of, if you remove that player from that team, how does that team look? If you remove Ruben Diaz from Manchester City, Manchester City still win the Premier League. I wholeheartedly believe that. If you remove Bruno Fernandes... Manchester United struggled to make the Champions League. They'll be in the Europa League. If you take Harry Kane away from Tottenham, those motherfuckers will be struggling to be into the top half of the fucking field. I don't care. It's Harry Kane. And that's my Harry Kane rent over. Matt, who is your EPLB player of the year? Um, I mean, yeah. Um, by far, without a doubt, I mean, you guys, there's... 
Jesse Lingard. There, there's, there's no <laughs> argument here whatsoever. Zero argument whatsoever. Guys, it's Harry Kane. Like, it, it, it has to be. This is like one of those things where... There's it, no one else. Th- there is. This is... Th- if Here's the thing. This is to all of our listeners, all of our wonderful listeners, I am not here to shun you, judge you, or anything in your direction whatsoever. I don't care about the team you support, and I do not care where you come from. If you do not believe Harry Kane is the player of the season, you're invited next week to the episode to explain yourself. To explain yourself. Because I need to hear the reasons where you do not think Harry Kane is the best player in the entire Premier League. And honestly, I agree 100% with what Logan said. With There is no one else. There really is no one else. Honestly, honorable mentions, of course. Bruno, Mohamed Salah, KDB, Ruben Diaz. Again, honorable mentions. They all end up in that top five conversation, depending on where you kind of want to throw them in. There's no argument with the number one spot. It's got to be Harry Kane. Big dog Harold. JD, your pick? Yeah, obviously it's Harry Kane. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, that's our PFA player of the year, Harry Kane. Goal <laughs> of the season. Um, honorable mention. I'm already going to go ahead and say Allison's wonder goal. That's honorable mention. But in my opinion, goal of the season is Eric Lamella's Rabona against Arsenal. That goal, it's not even really the technique to me. It's the nuts to even attempt it in the first place. You're not even up. You're drawing. And it's in a fucking North London derby. And you're like, you know what, 40th minute? I know this is this is a great chance. I'm still going to fucking rebone it because I'm Eric Lamella and I'm dumb. But it's going to work because I'm Eric. Yeah. Which is, it's, that that is the most Eric Lamella thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He scores the goal of the season and gets a red card. And I think it was off of two yellows, if I'm correct. I believe it. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Yeah, I think it was. Eric Lamella, his Rabona. Honorable mentions, of course, Allison to me, and um, fucking, I could see his name. Uh, Lan- the West Ham Lan- goal. Lanzi- uh, yeah, Lanzini. 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 That goal was so good, and that was in like the third match week too. So there was some stiff competition for the whole year, but. Eric Lamella to me. JD, your goal of the season. I'm going with fucking Manuel Lanzini's rocket versus uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Because it, yeah, you have it. to you have to talk about just situational what that game means at the end of the season. They drew that game 3-3. That meant that means so much at the end of the season because West Ham made the Europa League. No didn't. Above Yeah. Yes, West Ham made Europa League. No, I'm saying it didn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. Like in in the points, only gaining that one point, it didn't really matter that much. Well, no, 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 no. They went. They beat. Or they they were above Tottenham for Europa League. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that does make it matter a little more. Yeah. Because, because, no, 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 I, listen. I forget that game was against Tottenham. To be fair, listen, yeah, that was against Tottenham. No, no, no. This is you've cut me off. This is where I'm getting to. Oh, okay, because sorry. West Ham got that point. They, they, they ended on 65 points. If they don't get that point, they end on 64. I mean, hypothetically. And Tottenham, who ended on 62, they win that game. They uh, end yeah. on 64, even with West Ham, with a better goal differential. And they get the Europa My League apologies. spot. My this apologies. is why... I, for, I totally forgot the game was against Tottenham. So yes. This up. is why this is my goal of the season. 
Not only because it's just an absolutely fucking ridiculous goal. In at the towards the idea, I forget if it was in the 90th minute or in the, like the 89th or something. It was at the very end of the game to tie it up against a London rival. But because of the table circumstance that we now see at the end of the season, how important that goal was, as early on as it was. Lanzini, you played almost no games this season, but holy <laughs> fucking shit, what a goddamn goal. JD may have just JD may have just swayed me into picking that because I totally forgot that was against Tottenham, and that yeah. de- that does matter a shit ton. I actually totally forgot about that. Because look, look, Lamelo's goal was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. But I, it came at a loss. Yeah, it came at a loss, and he and was he got and, after. As it's like, to say, like, like, all right, I I would like to formally change my answer to Lanzini screamer uh, because I forgot that it actually really did matter in terms of the actual table. Good job, yeah. JD. Good job, yeah. Matt. Good your job, pick, JD. Though, I need that more often. Yeah, Matt, you're picking, though it doesn't matter now. Yeah, because it, well, honestly, me and JD agree. On the top of my list is the Lanzini strike. It really is. I mean, this that okay. that hit. We've been we've been so nice to West yeah. Ham, dude. That's so nice. But that hit was delicious. It's so that sweet. hit was that. Was so I was at oh. I was at a I was at a like a dinner party or scrumptious a lunch even. party or scrumptious. Mm-hmm. I was at I was at like a lunch party, but I was watching the game on the phone with my brother in law, and that went in, and me and my brother in law in this quiet room, while everyone had a low voice, both lost our shit. People thought someone died by the reaction both of us were giving. It was hysterical, and it was beautiful. But yes, big shout out to the Lamella goal. Holy shit. Just you like it's exactly like what Logan said. The balls to do something like that. The, to be able to even yeah. like in a game to even think that that's something you can do. Like holy shit. And then my final honorable mention I guess would be the Bruno Fernandez from the outside of the box over the goalkeeper and then the turn with the Eric Cantonal celebration. Honorable mention, but yeah, it has to be Lanzini. Ooh. That was the one against Everton, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that goal I, was nutty. I have one other honorable mention, and it was the Liverpool okay. goal against Manchester United. Was it? I, no, wait. Was it against Manchester United? I, I can't remember. The one where Trent pinged the ball to Shakiri. That was against West Ham. It was against West Ham. Yeah, that goal was stupid, but not yeah, on the, the same The build-up for that goal is very good, but yeah. we're going to go with Lanzini's screamer. Next, yeah. let's do our Pepper Brooks MVP of the season. JD, you get to send somebody to Ouchtown for the year. AK, so, AK, who oh. had, AK, who had the most red cards this year? Yeah, so I'm going to let you go first in this. No, I'm, I'm being very broad in this. The person or persons going to <laughs> Ouchtown population you, bro. It's Arsenal, man. Come on. Oh, it wasn't just oh. one player. It was the a collective. Whole squad. It was the he whole said the team. Whole squad. The entire Arsenal team. Ouchtown population, you bros. Like, what the fuck happened to Arsenal? Seriously. They're signing Willian. And just nobody you know, like I mean, there's outrage, but no just no, nobody's doing anything about it. He, he was just terrible. And I, I can't even like describe how bad Arsenal were this season. Lacazette did nothing. Aubameyang did nothing. Saka tried and didn't do much. Emil Smith-Rowe is apparently the best player you've ever had ever, according to any Arsenal fan. Like, he's he's good, but he's young and he's inexperienced. Like, I I just, uh, I don't know. And David Luiz, like, come on. Bellerin's yeah, they always no have a better. lot of bloopers, too. 
Tierney, Tierney did fuck all this season. On, he, on the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he had did some as good, good of a job games. as he could have. Yeah, but it, th- this team is not good. A, a full rebuild that does not include Mikel Arteta is required for this Arsenal team. Like, I, Mikel Arteta, I don't know how he still has the job, honestly. Arsenal is too big of a club to be finishing in eighth place and kind of barely finishing in the top half, if you think about it, because they're only two points above Everton in 10. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot wrong at Arsenal, and certainly I don't have the, the answers, and I, yeah. I can't think of a single person who does. You don't have the answers, Wade. You don't have the answers. So... We're going to go with actual player Pepper Brooks MVPs of the season. Matt, give me your Pepper Brooks MVP of the of the season. Because, like, we had an award for underrated player of the season, but I kind of figure, I, I feel like the Pepper Brooks MVP, at least for me and you, is the underrated player of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of it. Basically, it's someone, I, the best way I can describe it, for those who are picking it up just on this episode, Pepper Brooks you know we're the mvp we are talking about someone who goes completely under the radar but is still the most valuable player on the squad and yeah. guys again maybe my favoritism showing just a little bit here just a little bit but as i described on my team of the season it's harry Maguire. harry Maguire. People thought that this guy was a horrible center back. Oh my god, $80 million? He's not worth that. XYZ, he's just another average center back. And then people realize, like, oh wait, he's first in like two thirds of the in two thirds of the stats for defenders this year. Oh, and then the second he's not in the lineup, Manchester United go shit. Uh, that sounds like someone who's going under the radar to me. So I think it, in my opinion, it has to be Harry Maguire is my Pepper Brooks MVP for this season. Alrighty, and I'm gonna disagree because I picked Calvin Phillips from Leeds as my Pepper Brooks MVP. If you guys don't know, Pepper Brooks MVP is a guy that we we me and Matt do where where we actually pick a guy that didn't score or assist during the week. But still played a phenomenal performance in JD Cincinnati to Outstown for the biggest pooper. I I picked the player that's you know we we the name Pepper Brooks. It's based on you know the movie Dodgeball, yeah. and I do the right choice. They decided to make their own version of the Pepper Brooks, but yeah. But anyway, I picked <laughs> Calvin Phillips because Calvin Phillips to me is the biggest unsung hero in the entire Premier League because without him, Leeds' defense would crumble to dust. This man is everywhere for Leeds because he's he's damn near their only midfielder half the fucking time. He's the only one ever shielding the center backs. Hell, the center backs half the time play higher up than he does. He's always sweeping in, always making clearances, always being one of the last men back on defense, just keeping everything anchored down in the middle of the pitch so the center backs don't look like the shit that they are because Leeds' back line is not very good. But Calvin Phillips is exceptional in my opinion. Honorable mentions as well, guys like Declan Rice. Because to me, you can't score if you're going to be the Pepper's MVP of the year, at least for me and Matt. You can't really score. You can't get on the scores. You have to go under the radar. Harry McGuire is another great pick. Um, who's another? Also, guys like Rodri. Rodri never scores. And he's so good for Manchester United. Uh, uh, oh, shout like out to, to Calvin Phillips sh- did score in the last game. 
Yeah, but Sh- I think that was the second goal. Uh, yeah. One shout out I would like. One shout out I would also like to give an honorable mention would be to two players. I've actually brought them up as a duo on a Pepper Brooks MVP, and that is Jordan Henderson and Fabinho, because these guys stepped out of their role and jumped into the center back role when Liverpool didn't have anything else, and there were a couple games they shut it down and they shut it down good. Yeah, so I'm Matt, questioning. I'm questioning your Manchester United allegiance, Matt. I think yeah, you're well, secretly a Liverpool fan. Well, let's see. Let's well, see, Matt. Are, are how how rooted are you into picking uh, Harry Maguire for this position? Well, I mean, I thought because me and you have to make an agreement because JD's is just you know I, just I'm pretty rooted. Only I, again, it's it, it's well again. Of course, I'm rooted with my guy, but I'm also rooted on the fact that people all they do is make fun of this guy all year. Oh, he looks like a fridge. Oh, he's slabhead. Oh, he's you know. Oh, he's just you know. He's there. He's not. He's not a good defender. And then the end of the season comes around, and he's number one in almost every stat for a defender. And it's like, has he been good, and we just didn't notice? That kind of for me yeah, sounds I'm- yeah. Yeah, but I'm fine knock, with going with Harry Maguire. You knock a ball, you knock a ball five yards behind him and run past him, and he's useless. Like he has the recovery speed of dirt. Like, well, as, um, well, yeah, but as a center back, it's, it's your job to not be in position to have that happen in the first place. Like, it's no, I know, job, it's I, to be crazy fast. I'm just saying, like any I any, know, I, I know if you go up against a world class attacker and you you Jay, just knock the ball past and get around him. He's not going to recover. You just say a lot. You just say a lot of things. To be fair, you just say quite a bit. But no, I'm I'm going to agree with you. I, I I think Maguire is a good center back. I think Maguire is a very solid center back. I think he gets a lot of shit because Manchester United overpaid for him because he was English. That's where a lot of the issue lies in. But I'm more than I'm more than willing to go with Harry Maguire because again, just like how you explained in the last month without Harry Maguire, United have not looked very good at the back with Bayern Lindelof. So. Yeah, anyway, let's go to our disappointment of the year, as we will now note as the Rian Brewster Award of the season. I went with all of Chelsea's attack. Not just with one player, because, you know, they, they did bring in Kai Havertz for a lot of money. They brought in Timo Werner for a lot of money. But in reality, their whole attack is my biggest disappointment. Their big, their number one score in the Premier League this season, ladies and gentlemen, was Jorginho, the penalty taker. Scored seven goals. All of them were penalties. No single attacker outscored him in the Premier League. If you combine Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, and Christian Pulisic, you have 16 goals. Patrick Bamford scored 17 by himself. By himself. He was playing in the championship 12 months ago. And all of you. Get outscored combined by Patrick Bamford. None of you can score more than Jorginho. Like, oh my god. You guys, as a collective, should be ashamed of yourself. You let Jorginho beat Chelsea's highest scorer in the Premier League. Now, this is just in the Premier League. I know in across all competitions, he's not. Just in the Premier League. That is sad. That is absolutely sad that Patrick Bamford outscored all four of you. All four of you. The four of them, I believe Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, and Pulisic, they, I think they cost about 200 mil combined, right? They have to. And you get outscored by a championship striker 12 months ago. That's sad to me. That is the biggest disappointment of the year. 
Because Chelsea's attack on paper, they should be super good if you load up FIFA. They play really well. They're so good. They have high potential, but in, in reality, they look like dog shit. Sorry, Chelsea fans, but your attack looks like dog shit. And I'm pretty sure you would agree with me. That's my biggest disappointment. All of Chelsea's attack. Matt, what is your biggest disappointment of the season? Guys, my biggest disappointment of the entire season. Yes, there are easy choices, but I'm not one to make the easy choice. Do you know who else makes really difficult choices? Yes, that's right, boys and girls. I'm going to be going with the Referees Association and VAR. Once mm. again, guys, oh, you fuck. That's, that's a good pick. You, you, got, good pick. you guys had an entire year wow, to get your shit. Wow, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> you, guys got, you guys had an entire year last year to get your shit together. How did you start this season? By fucking it up twice as bad. Literally, calling offsides by Sadio Mane's hair on the back of his ass. Uh, all the way down to fat <laughs> phantom goal lines, all the way down to literally seeing VAR is helping you, but yet choosing not to. I'm looking at you, Mike Dean. Thank you. Once again, the the Referees Association and VAR. You guys, you guys make the game fun in all the wrong ways because it's just, it, it's an absolute shame to see strikers and <laughs> just overall players score goals goals that they never could have imagined and they're not even allowed to celebrate anymore because you guys took the fun out of the game congratulations you guys did it i, I i'm gonna melt my own trophy to hand to every last one of you because outright you guys are just the worst okay jd your pig that's that's strong for matt that's strong I mean yeah, Matt, you're going to melt the trophies and just give them the hot, smoldering metal in their hands, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it burns them. But, um, yeah, yeah I, my choice for biggest disappointment, it, it, it's it's ironic that we named this. I, I picked I picked this before we named it, but we named it the uh, Rian Brewster Award. <laughs> uh, I picked Sheffield United, just as a whole. That team. And... Granted, yes, we should not expect big things from this team. They should be expected to be in a relegation battle. Not only did they, they do that, but they finished 20th. Last season, they finished in what, 7th, I think, or 7th or 8th? 9th. 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 I don't care. Newly promoted and a, and a pretty shit team to do that. It's not like Leeds, where Leeds were a good team coming into the Premier League. Sheffield United were the biggest surprise of last season. The hype surrounding them. They signed uh, uh, Sander Burge or whatever. Yeah, then they signed Rian Brewster for so much money. They sh I, I can't believe how disappointing they were this season. Because they do have decent players. John Fleck. Um, oh, my God. Uh, oh, God. That shows how good Sheffield is. Yeah, Blame I know that does. The first one, baby. No, 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 no. This is bothering me. Fuck. Uh, oh, fuck. I can't remember his name. There's another good English guy. It doesn't matter. Okay, They're bottom. disappointing. It doesn't matter. They're very disappointing. Um, just because of the hype surrounding them from last season. I, I thought that they were going to be pushing for the top half of the table again. And they just fucked it up. But, yeah. Yep. Rean Brewster Award. Sheffield United. Makes sense. <laughs> it's not going to be permanently called the Rean Brewster Award. We're going to actually name it something actually funny. Um, even, though even though Rean Brewster was a big disappointment. And he was on my honorable mentions list for sure. Because... 20, 25 mil, plus a buyback clause, plus a 10% sell-on clause. You play 23 games in the Premier League. 
He don't even get a goal or assist. Like, that's just not good. That's probably pretty bad. But we all three have different answers for Disappointment of the Year. I think all three were good choices, but I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Matt. I didn't even think of I, I didn't even think of bar. Yeah, the refs. Yeah, I, just I, like, I agree. The whole, with Matt. Like, the whole like referee association. They've just been disappointing. Is a great way to put their performances this season because just like how Matt said, I can't even celebrate a goal because at this point it may have been there may have been offside three buildups back and they'll call it. So like at this point, I don't even know what's goal anymore. But. As it stands, our manager of the year is, is David Moyes. Our player of the year is Harry Kane. Our goal of the season is Lanzini Screamer. Pepper Brooks MVP is Harry Maguire. And disappointment of the year is the referee, the Referees Association as a whole. Which I feel is fitting. It's fitting to end on, on, on the referees. But guys, this has been an exceptional season for good reasons and for bad. But it's been, but that's just that's just what the Premier League has to offer, guys. Thank you so much for listening for this entire season. It's been a great start. Um, plenty more to come. We're not stopping anytime soon. The summer's going to be great. We have a lot of things planned. We'll keep y'all updated on all the socials on what we're doing. We love and appreciate every single one of you. Have a great weekend, and we will see you guys soon. Love you guys. Be safe, y'all. Peace out. Oh,